What's going on, guys? It's your boys back here again with our fifth edition of said talk in season two. I'm your boy, Nate, and this is your boy, Tony. And we're here with a very, we're going to take a more serious tone this time around for this episode. You know, we can uh, have fun too. Oh, yeah, of course. If we're not having fun, we, we definitely won't be entertained. Yes, sir. absolutely. Yes, well, sir. And on that note, we'd like to introduce to you Dolphin County Commissioner George Hartwick. Uh, glad to have him here in the shed. I know he's been in the old shed a few times, had some had some good times with my dad. Now he's here to, to talk some some about him, some important stuff here. So I'm impressed. I'm looking around. I see. Deer horns. I want to know if they're coming from the, your dad that's, or you. Dad's. He wanted. He okay. wanted to put this out here to show you <laughs> that that's something he shot. If you look back there, now it's not on camera, but that big buck contest. Okay. That was in the Patriot News. I, he shot it. He Under got the biggest face. buck in 2017. He was like, "Tell George." I said, "Okay, I will." Well, I, I always hear about his big fish stories and, and big buck stories. Now he's got a least, lot of stories. I can see a, little, a couple of antlers. I won't uh, go in deep to the fireplace or anything. <laughs> but it is a little chilly outside. So if we need to, we'll heat it up as we're hey, having this. Fires for you know. Hey, this conversation might just heat it up itself. Absolutely, that's yeah. also true. Well, so on that note, I wanted to you know introduce George. He's a family friend of ours, as well as obviously, like I mentioned, our Dolphin County Commissioner here, one of three. Um, and I want to kick this off. Just you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've come from, and just a story about you. Uh, obviously, I was uh, born in Steelton, Pennsylvania, uh, on Election Day, believe Ooh. it or not. It won't be any surprise to you that uh, I was born on Election Day, which, as, as we know, and the first part of our education tonight, is always the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. For the, all, all of you that had civics classes, oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's really important to know. And, and the idea of it happening on the second is always very rare because... You know, obviously Monday has to be a first, and then Tuesday mm -hmm. has to be the second in order for it to occur. My right. brother's daughter, uh, Riley, also yep. was born on Election Day. Oh, no so, shit. But, uh, and some of you who you know, my my brother Andy Hartwick, uh, up at Steelton <laughs> Hare, who's a bit crazy, and it's not, not any um, uh, stretch to know that he was born on Halloween, as crazy <laughs> as he is. So Election Makes Day sense. and Halloween uh, are, are certainly two distinctly different days for two distinctly different characters, but... Um, growing up in Steelton was something that um, was, uh, I, I would not rather grow up with any other experience in the world. Um, for, for me, um, I actually was born with a degenerative hip disease. I don't know if you know that. No, oh, I never knew um, that. But I walked around in leg braces for about five years of my life. Wow. Uh, like Forrest Gump, you know, yeah. um, and, and the idea of... Uh, being in steel, you know, people weren't too kind to you as right. you were young. They, uh, I get it. <laughs> they, they, they crack on you. I was called every name in the book. But I also knew that uh, instead of seeing it as something that was bad, I viewed it as a great opportunity. I won every crab race over at the field. Yeah, yeah. I, re I, I remember uh, the ability to ride my big wheel. I got pictures of me on a big wheel bike riding the, the, <laughs> the bike with my hands yeah. where the wheels were. And then I realized when I got out of those leg braces that, um, you know, the idea of God expecting me to be stronger as a result. Mm -hmm. So when I shook the first hand of the person that I wrestled, I knew I had twice the strength. And that couldn't have happened unless I went through the issues that I went through. So right. you know, a lot of times when we see those challenges in front of us, it's really opportunities in God's blessing. And uh, growing up in Stilton, you know those challenges are things that 
Um, you, you should, you don't always see it at the time. And I know you know this in, the, in your household. Oh yeah. You don't always see it at the time with the child, but, but the idea of going through that and getting on the other side and embracing it, uh, you see so much of a potential and, and God's always trying to provide greater gifts to sharpen your tools. Well, absolutely. That's yeah. couldn't have said it any better. Well, I was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, no. that was, those are some gems right there just to get it started off. Uh, I kind of want to go back a little bit, uh, to the community aspect. Uh, as Anthony stated, you are Dolphin County Commissioner, mm -hmm. uh, and you grew up in Stilling your whole life. So I'm assuming that whole entire community, because for, for those of you that don't know, the Stilling community here, it, it's a family. Mm -hmm. like everybody Always basically know been. everybody. You go down anywhere. It, mm. <laughs> Sorry, got the roller clap. That's, that's, that's the roller, roller clap, clap right there. You <laughs> do that, you know. So it, it's just basically one big family. So I'm guessing... That's like something that definitely played in the, the position you are in now as well. Yeah, the, the idea of um, coming from a community where, you know, we might have been from different cultures, we might have mm -hmm. been, had different perspectives, but being, you know, in a position to not have a whole lot of money mm -hmm. uh, and also to understand work ethic uh, and the drive and the things that brought us together. I always say Steelton is best defined to me this way that um, we might fight like hell amongst each other, and we've all earned that right, mm -hmm. yep. but you don't mess with none of us. No. Because we stick <laughs> together unlike any other place in the world. Mm -hmm. So um, that experience, uh, as well as, you know, as I told you about my leg brace experience, I went into a Stilton Midget football team. We went 60-0. and 0. We never lost a game. <laughs> and then I uh, finished out at Stilton um, both doing pretty well in school, but I also was the winningest wrestler in Steel High's history, oh, uh, which That's earned amazing. me uh, a, an opportunity to, to wrestle at Bloomsburg University. <laughs> Uh, which both of you had had attended, um, and then Huskies. after coming back from Bloomsburg University, um, I was sitting in the barbershop. Actually, one of my brother's first barbershop at twenty three years of age uh, with my brother, and not too many people know this story. Torin Pettigrew, okay. uh, you know, if you okay. know Toot, um, and we were talking about you know how we used to have a playground to to be able to have a structured activities when we were growing up. We mm. had lunchtime. We went over the football field from the time the sun came up until my dad oh, yeah. blew the whistle or the, or the uh, street lights came, came on. on. Yeah. So um, we, we talked about you know no access to the river, the parks and playgrounds were down, and instead of bitching about it, we said, well, I'm, I'm gonna run for mayor. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what a great thing to do instead of complaining about something. Why don't you do something about it? I mean, we all, as individual citizens, mm -hmm. should stop complaining and we should start having more activity and action and being aware of what we can do to be able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So uh, at 23, I ran for mayor and became the youngest mayor in the state of Pennsylvania Oh, wow. uh, at the young age of 24. And I, I beat a guy who was on council for a number of years. And um, we did a, a great deal of work. It's probably some of the best things I remember about public service. First of all, if you can survive in Stilton, you can survive in anywhere. Yeah, yeah, people true, are all true. in your business. Oh, Everybody yeah. knows who you are. And anything that happens yep. will be out on front street. They know your story. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second thing is um, that, you know, what better thing that you can do in public service than to change the town that you believe gave you the most from how you grew up to role models to being on Mickey Minnick's 78 football mm -hmm. championship yep. team to having these leg braces with skulls and crossbones to all <laughs> the experiences in sports and athletics. I mean, mm -hmm. all that ties you together in a way that um, when you come back, it's time to give back. And, and uh, we became mayor and did some great things in Stilton. What are some of, your, what are some of the uh, favorite things that happened while you were mayor? Because uh, now I'm not sure, like, you know, the levels between going yep. from mayor to where you're at now and commissioner, like, we'll get into that. But, you know, what were, like, some of your favorite accomplishments when you were mayor, especially at such a young age, with you saying that you were 
the youngest mayor ever in PA. So first of all, we'll talk about the things we were able to do. We okay. repaved every street and still like what what is a more important thing than to have roads and streets that were okay? We had alleyways that had these huge humps on them that cars yeah, couldn't oh, even yeah, drive yeah, down. Oh, yeah. One of the priorities are, and we did something innovative. We went in with a couple of municipalities and purchased our own street mm -hmm. paper and had our guys trained in, in repaving our own streets. And we left with every alley and street paved. Mm -hmm. So at least borough owned street paved. We uh, redid every single park and playground in Steelton uh, from where it had nothing when we came back. Mm -hmm. No, no, hell, not just nets, but it didn't even have the posts and oh, things yeah. that were together. Uh, we re redid every single park and playground. We offered access, uh, public access to the river for the first time since the old, um, back in the days when you could get onto the river on the west side of yep. Stilton. Uh, after the flood, that was all taken away. And uh, we actually did a deal. I worked it out with a guy named John Durbin, who was the head of the turnpike. Uh, as they were building a brand new turnpike bridge, I had gotten land that was donated by ArcelorMittal Steel, mm. about three and a half acres up by the pump house uh, on the north side yep. of the bridge. Um, I used that in a way to be able to swap for the land on the other side, which was owned by a guy I only knew affectionately as Bud, mm -hmm. um, who had his own private boat dock. Uh, in order to leverage that land, we actually used that as a staging ground to build the bridge. Oh. As a part of the transaction, we got the turnpike to pay Bud to, to own that land on the other side. Mm -hmm. And now all those seven and a half acres are all Steelton property with access to, to the to Susquehanna River. Um, I, again, I changed a lot related to our policing. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some challenges within our police force. We made a major transition. And believe it or not, mm -hmm. with all the economic development and, and changes we made, most people don't know in the mayor system of government, uh, in a borough system um, uh, of government, uh, the mayor has really no limited power. Mm -hmm. So unlike in a city where they've got the majority of administrative power, yep. in a borough structure of government, their only responsibility by law is to be able to set the time and way that you perform police services. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, all of the legislative personnel and other uh, responsibilities lie within borough council. So back in the day, I was told you would never do anything. You're, you're only a figurehead mayor. Well, it shows that, you know, even though you don't have the legal authority, you can use that bully pulpit mm -hmm. to do some great things for the overall town. And, and we faced some opposition there early. People said, you're never going to do anything. We replaced every single one of those council members until mm -hmm. we had one that was, you know, in the best interest of the town. And then we were able to really get a lot done. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's oh. amazing, amazing things that, you know, you were able to do for a great community. I mean... You grew up here. I grew up in the area. Like I'm not from inside of Steelton, but it's amazing to see what's what's come of this of of the area. And you know now you're commissioner of the county. So you know what is that like? Like why? What what made you go from mayor to now you're the commissioner? Like well, how'd you get there? I, I would never be comfortable in a. First of all, I would say this. My faith is number one and the mm -hmm. only reason that I'm in the position I'm in because, look, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've not been the, the perfect example of a human being, mm -hmm. but well, I do know that I've never compromised any of my integrity in my job, and my focus towards public service has been unmatched. Uh, I also know that um, the smartest people I know know they have a lot to learn. So I spent a lot of time really understanding the roles that I was required to do and elected to do. Um, there's a lot of people that don't even understand the difference between an election process and a governance process. Right. You know, they're two distinctly different processes. Like to get elected is like, in my view, like a sports event. Mm -hmm. You got to get a strategy. You got to raise money. You got to put the right team together, mm -hmm. and you got to outwork your opponent. You got to beat them to every street corner. You got to be up with a better plan. And and a message. Uh, the governance is way harder. 
And most people think when you win an election, somehow that's victory. And I think that is only the beginning of the work. The election process is only allowing you to do the job to help people. Right. And folks get that twisted all the time. There's all these people that want to do nothing but talk about themselves politically and be involved in campaigning. And they can't do shit in the mm -hmm. job that they're elected to do. Uh, I spent a significant amount of time, especially early in my career, understanding public finance, mm -hmm. economic development, the ability for me to understand the structures of unions, police force, grievances, standard operating procedures, uh, everything that I was required to know as mayor. And then before I ran for county commissioner, which is probably, in my opinion, and I, I serve now, uh, I represent all Pennsylvania counties to the rest of the country for all mm -hmm. county matters. And right. I've done that for the last wow. six years. Uh, for me to be able to understand um, the ideas of what it takes to run county government took me three years. So before I started running for county commissioner, and this is the truth, I've studied county government, both the personnel, all of the funding sources, the ability to understand the regulatory requirements, uh, the governance requirements, l long before I ever decided to run for that job. So mm -hmm. when I stepped into the role, um, not only did I have a lot to learn, continued, but I had a base and foundation of every single person that worked for the county, what the issues were they were facing, how we were going to change the funding structure, how I was going to rewrite the law in many cases mm -hmm. to be able to change the way practice goes. Because one thing I do know about government, as you change the money, so does change the priorities. So yep. uh, if you can understand how to change the level of resources and engagement uh, and, and the, re the funding that comes to the levels, and I can give you a couple examples of this if you want to hear. Hey, um, I, I, yeah, I love that. that. So, I'd love to hear that. So for me, um, one of the biggest issues when I came into county government, I was really frustrated by seeing how many kids we had in juvenile placement. I believe mm -hmm. that um, first of all, we, we needed to be more diverse in the county. We weren't representative of the communities that we, we, we served. Um, and also, I think we were sending too many kids into formal placement and institutions. Uh, when I first started, it was up over 400 kids that were in wow. Dauphin County. And I viewed that as sort of like the farm team for mm -hmm. the adult system. And a lot of these kids, I knew their families, I knew the community mm -hmm. uh, they, they came from. And quite frankly, I think we were ensnaring kids in the wrong way and, and having them be sort of following a trend where we weren't providing what was necessary for uh, the barge principles, which are supposed to be for community restoration, education, but also public safety. Right. All we were using was an excuse of public safety to be able to hang kids up. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So we, I, I had started out investigating um, a way uh, for us to be able to change both the perspective of the courts, which is most important. Mm. Um, and I'm finding out as I get involved in more and more government, you really have to understand other people's roles, not mm. just your own, and then influence them in order to become champions of issues you know are important. Right. So a lot of these things aren't just about you on a crusade. People make it about them all the time. Yeah. A lot of times it's about you bringing awareness to an issue uh, allowing the right people to be in charge of that kind of change, educating them on the possibilities and giving them all the credit. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that's really what I see is wrong with a lot of things that are going on. Everybody wants to credit, but they don't want to do the work. Exactly. Um, but in this case, uh, we, we changed to the Juvenile Detention Alternative Initiative, which was a real progressive ways to view kids based mm -hmm. upon their risk level. Right. So when we were first in, into this um, uh, discussion about juvenile justice, What's up guys, Tony here from Shed Talk to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Jokes On Us. As you can see, I'm rocking a little bit of his gear here. Jokes On Us is a clothing brand of the Jokes LLC creative company. Their mission is to inspire and instill confidence in those who have been laughed at, misunderstood, and overlooked by the hands of normality 
through design, art, and fashion. And here you can find their website. Jokes on Us gear ranges from ready-to-wear basics to upcycled and reconstructed clothing created in the city of Philadelphia. The goal is to inspire people to feel cool enough and to spread positivity and speak on important issues because the joke is always on you. So check out their website at jokesontheworld.com. The link is in the description below and make sure to use our exclusive discount code at checkout for all Shed Talk listeners. Jokes on Shed Talk for all 10% off select items. We like you, we love you, and we'll see you next time in the shed. We we actually were doing things like scared straight. You've seen yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, on yeah. TV where somebody comes in and goes, you're going to be my bitch for the day. You, right. you better never do. You know what? The idea of that, people, adults were feeling good. Mm-hmm. But when kids went back to their peer groups, you know what they're saying? Man, shit, I can handle that. So it raised their mentality about what they need to right. act like yeah. versus never exposing kids to that level of issue in the first place it yeah. didn't do any good it, it it increased their risky behavior it didn't decrease it so we have changed to a whole evidence-based way of doing uh, a youth level survey analysis instead of people's opinions of you mm-hmm. we now have a criteria that doesn't base it upon your race where you're from who you're from they're looking at your risk levels and they're associating what your risk levels are with the level of treatment that you get mm-hmm. and right. we have an alternative program now where we force people into ways that that they're not going into the legal system right. uh, so so today you want to hear results um, instead of four, over 411 kids in placement as of Monday of this week we have 51 so wow. the idea of reducing kids in formal places not only saves money it engages mm-hmm. keeps them engaged in school it keeps yeah. them engaged mm-hmm. with their family but it also it, you know provides much better pathway for community-based rehabilitation than mm-hmm. them to be at some state institution away from family school falling further behind right, and they're coming right. out with more risky behavior right. so yeah I mean we, you're exposing them back to mm-hmm. a normal yeah people make mistakes and even at a young age we all have done dumb things. like mm-hmm. it happens but like keeping him in confinement what's that gonna What's that going to accomplish? Yeah. I like how you touched on, too, about how, you know, like, basically the end result was to be able to have a path for the kids, for the youth, to be able to, you know, succeed. And also, when that happens, that's also showing their community cares about them. So that makes them want to be able to say, hey, the, you know, Stilton looked out for me. You know, they kept me on the right path. Even when I went left and right off the wrong path, they kept me straight. Why not get back to the community to help the next youth that might be like that person? to make sure that they're on the right path. Well, well, kids only respond to what they see, and if they believe, mm-hmm. uh, they don't listen to what you say, they, yeah. they, they watch what you do. Right. And if they see that um, you know my, my behavior is heading this based upon their own experiences, mm-hmm. what other ways are they gonna have to be able to change their own expectations? As you mm-hmm. said, when you invest in kids, when you show them other opportunities, when you mm-hmm. let them know people in their family have succeeded, it yeah. may not just be about what's going on inside their own home, but they they're both have the genetic makeup to succeed, and people will invest in them, mm-hmm. showing them ways that they should have different expectations for them. You'd be surprised at how kids who went through serious bad situations mm-hmm. are more resilient and achieve at a higher level. Right. So not at all. Yeah, because because that is something that you know like I know from being on different sports teams with a variety of people playing football up in college. Mm-hmm. That, like you said, like you don't know where the kid comes from. You don't know really their home situation. You know if. Like a place like still, like you, like you said, you know, you gotta be able to hold your own. You know, you might fight, you might fuss, but at the end of the day, you love each other. Yeah. And somebody from an outside community, from their community, you know, like not understand that, you know, they might be, oh, you know, lock the kid up or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, instead of doing that, like, like how you've been saying, 
let's make the kid do better and yep. like but let's act let's not talk about it let's actually be do about it. it yeah that's i'd have been in jail when i was a kid i got mm. in so many fights and we were in all kind of mess i mean like the the times are so different um mm -hmm. and and unfortunately we don't have the same kind of tolerance yeah and and also kids in many ways i don't know if you guys have watched this but this is something to the audience uh, there's a, a, a Netflix documentary that's just changed my life recently about mm -hmm. the priorities and the f mindset of our current generation. It's called The Social Dilemma, if anybody oh, ever wow, heard, I've heard about it. Ever uh, yeah, it. I haven't you, watched it yet. <laughs> you, you really should, and the influence that um, both your handheld devices and these platforms have on the way people respond, react, and, and, and are influenced. Um, but that, that's only one way that the, our society has changed, becoming less tolerant to kids. The idea of the way people talk to other folks mm -hmm. and, and the idea of you know showing a, a lack of respect, even when you're talking about older heads. I, my dad could not be mentors to these young guys yeah. because you know they view it as disrespect. I, I don't see it that way. I see it as kids are angry. They don't have the ability to communicate in an effective way. And the way that they're expressing themselves is out of wanting attention. Mm -hmm. And they act harder because people have let them down so yeah. many times. <laughs> and, and the reason is to put up a blockade. It's not about disrespecting somebody else. It's about putting up a blockade to keep everybody else away to stop them from being hurt again. Mm -hmm. right. So so the ideas of you know how old heads may view kids versus what they're really shouting out for, yeah, we also right. need to understand where people are coming from and not judge them in that way. Absolutely. These yeah. times have changed and so should our thought process. Absolutely exactly. it should. Absolutely. Because you, yeah, you're so true. That, that is so true because like you said a lot of people, they do kind of makes them act harder because they don't want to be disappointed again. Okay. And that just, build, that just kind of builds with that ang anger and that kind of mindset that it's them against the world, you know, and the world's just not for them, which is like, it, it's hard, it was just kind of hard to change their mindset. Yo, man, there are people out there that do want to help you, that do want you to succeed. But, but that social yeah. dilemma piece, don't get away from that. that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only two industries that believe that we are called users mm -hmm. are the drug industry for drug dealers mm -hmm. and the social media industry. The, the, the idea of influencing mm -hmm. us in the way we do what we do with our time is crazy and we need to address that from a policy level. Absolutely. So, now, while we're still on social media, I kind of yeah. actually want to ask, I've been meaning to ask you this, uh, just kind of how over the years, just how social interaction has changed, just like how we've been talking about you know, back in the day, it was, like you said, we'd be out until the street lights come on, yep. to your parents say, come on, you're out there riding your bikes, you're going over to a friend's house every day. Yep. And now, you know, like, especially over the past decade, everything is just so technology-based, where a lot of people are hiding behind their phones, a lot of people communicate via FaceTime, text messages. So how are you able to kind of battle through the technology, you know, kind of how technology is and kind of how interaction has changed? That way, you're able to gauge the community and also to engage with them. That way you can know exactly what needs to be changed and you know what you can improve. Um, number one, by listening. Mm -hmm. You know, um, instead of talking all the time, you actually hear what people are saying and the way they're communicating and, yep. and, and always understand. Like I said in the beginning, you always have something to learn. So mm. um, my kids teach me all the time that I'm not hip and I'm not up to the new terminology <laughs> so so I'm, I'm trying to understand that the way people are communicating changes mm -hmm. and we need to understand the, how that works and the most effective way to do it and sometimes it doesn't happen by just us doing it right mm -hmm. um, and then you have to also engage in those platforms and technologies to be able to reach people and you could do it actually in an inexpensive way so you know the ideas of folks being resistant to it 
I, I completely get it. I'm, I'm not a social media fan related to mm. some of the ways it makes people think and the time wasted and, and, and the fake news. Mm. <laughs> the fake news is constantly being perpetuated on, on social media. But, you know, if you want to get information out about drug and alcohol or mental health or children and youth, what better way to be able to put it on somebody's handheld device where they're scrolling in the middle of the day watching some court show? Mm. You know what I mean? So, so the point is the audience you want to reach is is there and why not use those mediums in a way to to drive people to resources mm -hmm. ways they can access help and and also ways to communicate directly with people so i think it can be an effective tool but i think overall from a what it's done to the community perspective i think it's been an absolutely horrible medium it does it definitely definitely does make it yep. tough uh i know just from uh like last year was the first year i was able to try high school uh coaching with football uh, over at Middletown and you know like you know me and Anthony like we're in our early 20s and everything so obviously the social media aspect that's something like we've grown up with that's something that's basically been a part of our whole life and to kind of see the guys that you know like the coach it's like it, that social interaction is just completely different because before it was like you know you come up talk to anybody you know say this and that but nowadays it's like you know you like you said you really got to listen to people and make sure you're kind of reading them because one thing you might think you're saying the right thing and you could be saying the right thing but you could be saying it the wrong way mm. which might have that person shut down and then it's, it's even more of an uphill battle to get them to open up when you know you might have to try a different avenue you might have to take a different approach that way you were able to listen and understand them just to make everything better for everybody Absolutely. you can't be all things to all people either. yeah exactly no, social yeah, media exactly. day people expect you to be on their side of the issue 100 percent of the time yeah. and the truth is we've got differences among us on every topic mm -hmm. and just Absolutely. because i different and and the thing about this the the social experiment that i talked that, that i know has really not done well for our society is we can't debate about things we disagree about it becomes mm -hmm. no, you or me you're either with me completely or you're against me and that right. is not a healthy way to mm -hmm. be able to have dialogue and come to some agreement and understanding yeah and yeah. i i've talked to nate about that even off camera like there's there's always something the four of us are going to disagree on any topic that we can bring up it's somehow some way we're able to sit here as adults and be mature and have these conversations mm -hmm. because that's, it doesn't matter what we, I mean, it matters what we support because it matters to us. Mm -hmm. And expressing that to anybody, expressing that to somebody, that, that shouldn't be a controversial thing. Everybody's allowed to voice their own opinion. But you know how on social media you got you got some keyboard muscles. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah, so yeah. the idea of disrespecting mm -hmm. somebody during a conversation is easy when you don't have to face them because you, you know you you have all kind of muscles when you don't when have to look at somebody camera, right. face to face and express your point of view or, or view. So and then it becomes personal. And then instead of having it be about facts and debates, they want to make it about something that cuts you off and is embarrassing. And that's just not again a healthy way to be able to gain understanding and dialogue so obviously we all know the election is coming up and i don't care how you affiliate either side i wanted to bring george here to talk because obviously we would have a great conversation one and two the the importance of voting is something that i've always personally felt is something that's not stressed enough People are so, it, it, you're, you're pushed to either side. It doesn't matter what you support. It's really, things have been pushed. They're not getting to the facts of like, so how to find out the actual knowledge. So, you know, I wanted to bring George to ask some questions. I know part of the job of the commissioner is in, in voting. So, you know. And real quick, and another reason too why we wanted to have him here uh, is because when you think about 
kind of where we're all at. You know, obviously, we know a lot of people that are like out here watching, like y'all around me, Anthony's age, like fresh out of college or, you know, graduated a couple of years ago. Like we're 25, 24. So when you really think about it, like we only had one real chance, like where we were out there to actually vote. And now, you know, I know like myself included, like, I'm not ashamed to say, I know like the first time around, I was just kind of like all nonchalant, like, uh, whatever, you know, like it, it's voting, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm not going to do it, whatever. But then this time around, you know, it definitely feels different, especially being a little mature, uh, a little bit older. And it's like, oh shit, like this is important. So that's another reason why we want to have him here too. Just kind of to be able to stress the importance, whether you're a person that before, you know, you were knee deep in the, at knowing the hows and twos and what's about voting or your person, you know, like I just said, like myself, that might've been, you know, la di da di da you know, it is what it is. You know, just be able to just give you some insight. That way you're able, again, like we're not going to tell you what, what, do whatever you want to do, but just so you can do your part. That's kind of like the main thing. So. Yes, it is. And on hmm. that, um, so for, for you, George, I mean, I know you, you deal with voting in your job and you know, you have a lot of knowledge with this. Currently, how many people are registered in the uh, state of Pennsylvania to vote, if you have that knowledge? Yeah. Or even just Dolphin County, for example. Well, in, in the state of Pennsylvania, it's about uh, 8.6 million okay. uh, registered voters. So it's a, a larger state. Yep. Um, and I believe uh, there's an advantage. I think there's 4.2 million uh, Democrats and about 3.3 million Republicans. So there's about a close to a million uh, voter registration difference in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. However, you know based upon turnout in elections, uh, it's one of those states that um, is a complete toss-up state. Right. Uh, they call it a purple state because it's not red or blue, and it's a swing state because obviously as goes Pennsylvania, so does the national election. So the ability to come in to a state that is, from a, a turnout perspective, relatively 50-50, um, the individual who uh, is able to, to pull Pennsylvania uh, into the victory column uh, is usually the president uh, that has won historically almost every one of our national elections. So as goes Pennsylvania, so does the rest of the country. Okay. And in okay. Dolphin County, we've got about 180,000 registered voters and with a, uh, a voter registration edge of about... Um, uh, uh, about a, uh, as of today, I think about thirteen thousand Democrats uh, in favor over Republicans. So okay. again, another state uh, that's yeah. or another uh, um, area that is completely a toss-up. Um, there's only so many of those across the Commonwealth, as you know, in the south southeast. Um, in those states, it's almost all Democratic voting, and even if there's a larger Republican registration, they have a uh, tendency to vote Democrat, even though they mm -hmm. may be registered Republican. In southwestern Pennsylvania, out towards Pittsburgh, there may be a higher registration in Democrats, but traditionally now, in national elections, they have voted largely Republican. So two distinctly different parts of the state with the largest population centers, uh, although, be it registration isn't coordinated, they do vote um, based upon you know, tendencies of being more conservative or more liberal. <clears throat> Scranton, where Joe Biden is from, obviously is a, a larger Democratic area, but again, surrounding is all Republican. And then you've got Erie up in the other corner, which uh, in the uh, city of Erie is largely Democrat, but the county uh, is a, a Republican-controlled county. So really a diverse state um, that has um, all of the national tendencies. And quite frankly, if you're able to influence the state one way or another, it's usually reflective of the way the national trends are going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's, yeah. Wow. Those, 
and we kind of put that in perspective, like saying, you know, there's a million in the whole state of PA, there's a million difference of voters of which kind of party everybody's swaying to. Like, just like people, I think about that, like that it may sound like a million, may sound like a lot, but when it's a whole population, that's really not a lot of people. You know, even like you said with Dolphin County, 13,000, like that's. But it's it tight. is dictated as you're taking a look at yeah. election results. If Philadelphia has a big turnout, Democrats mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. um, so if you see the Southeast with, you know, let's say 80% turnout, 85% turnout or higher, that usually means the Democrats mm -hmm. will win the state of Pennsylvania because th that concentration is the li largest population concentration. But if you see a turnout coming from Philadelphia below 50%, it usually means a Republican victory. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, if you're looking at these things and, and, and responding, those key areas based upon who shows up to the polls and who's done now in this election mail-in ballots is a key indicator of who's motivated their base and mm -hmm. who ultimately has shown up to vote. Because again, voting is not about just identifying the people who support you. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is, and hopefully what we're talking about today is getting them to participate by actually casting their vote in yeah. the process. It's one thing to say, yeah, support your man. I don't think I've ever met somebody that hasn't supported me. Well, mm -hmm. there's been a couple of doors where people have slammed on my face, uh, but everybody says they voted for me. And it's interesting, even in Dolphin County's race uh, with three commissioners, uh, most people think that you can vote for all three commissioners. Mm -hmm. You can only vote for two in, in the race of commissioners. So I don't know how many times people have come to up up to all three of us and said, you know, I voted for all you guys all the time. Now, I don't say anything in response. It's like, you know, which one didn't you vote for? <laughs> and, and, and did you really vote? Like, right. So I, I can always go back uh, to our voter registration rolls and determine whether or not that person did vote in the election. Anybody can be able to review that public mm -hmm. information. So be careful when you say you voted for someone. Make sure you vote. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't think there could be any more importance that's stressed on this. You know, people in this country, it's what separates this democracy from any other democracy in the world um, mm -hmm. and, and certainly has made us uh, what do they say? It's not, it's imperfect, but it's the most perfect democracy that's been set up uh, to date, um, even though we always can make improvements, but it does not work without citizen participation and without voters participation. Mm -hmm. And folks don't understand how much power they have. I can't tell you this enough, but some bad politicians mm -hmm. have been elected by people that have stayed home. I mean, you know, if we want to bitch and complain, and if you want to say you don't like what's going on, the one sure way that you cannot to ensure that process continues is not to vote. So, you know, I don't want to hear people complain about the process, complain about our future, complain about what goes on. As a taxpayer, you always have a right to voice your opinion and you have the freedom of speech. But if you want to change the way things are going, if you want to change the priorities, you need to engage in this process to ensure that your voice was a part of the efforts that, that controlled things. And guess what? In many elections, one vote has made the difference. So that's, that's another common misconception. What's me as one person going to make a difference you know, in, in this world of 8 million mm -hmm. voters, yeah. how does my one vote count? I can go through history and point out significant elections that were won by one vote or less. And, and they happened in this country. Uh, I've got a listing of uh, probably 20 historic elections in Pennsylvania and in this country's history that have been made and won by just one vote. And in one case, uh, the person's wife did not show up, uh, and and they actually ended up losing the election. Um, wow, you know, the, and their kids were of eligible age. So, don't underestimate what the power of one vote can do. And if everybody has the attitude that your vote doesn't count, it certainly doesn't. And I will ensure you like this: it will not count if you do not vote. 
So, uh, and if yep. you want an opportunity to participate in a representative democracy, you need to vote. People have li- have died for this cause. Folks have, you know, from the civil rights movement mm-hmm. to women's suffrage to ensuring that every American has the right to vote. Uh, don't take it lightly. It's a right that we should all exercise. And we're going to talk about a national election today, but don't underestimate the importance of local elections. I mean, mm. they are what affects you the most from your local taxes. We talked about the idea of your parks and playgrounds, your roads, your infrastructure, the ability for you to have good schools, the ability for you to have the things that you pay for as mm. taxpayers. And that happens mostly at the local level, yet most of us couldn't tell you who your township commissioner is, who your mayor is, who your school board directors are. So, you know, but while this national election has us all hyped up and hopefully we're using it as an opportunity to set record levels of engagement, remember those local elections are probably the most important thing that affect your daily life. I 100% agree with that. People are, I think people are too caught up. We touched on it in the social media earlier. People are too caught up in reading about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They don't remember anything else they don't even understand that i would honestly say most people don't understand how civics work because they're so worried about okay this guy makes the decision the current president that's not the case there's there's from a local level to a state level to a federal level for that reason and i don't think people are that informed about it like at that so for for you that's been in in, in you know in the government where can you find true fact true articles you know information on who to vote for well, that's a tricky question because, you know, there are so many people that are trying to influence your opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there are a couple of uh, individual sites uh, that may provide fact-based information like the League of Women Voters. I mean, if you, if you really want to go and find out some fact-based information, you probably won't be able to find it on the national election because, again, right. even some folks would argue that some of those organizations are left-leaning or mm. right-leaning, and right. they may not give you all the facts as they see them. And in a social media world today, as we talked about with fake news and the inability to get that proper information, what I would suggest is people spend, and, and I also say, the drop and decline in real journalism. Mm. Um, the idea that you know For each sure. paper is now pressed under a social media constraint to be able to be moved by advertisers. Mm-hmm. And just in the same way as this, this social dilemma, which I keep referring to, you guys got to check it out, Yeah, I gotta um, is, is uh, a business driven by the monetization of your time on a, mm-hmm. a handheld device, so therefore are the, the, the media outlets. And they're all being played by advertisers who are trying to push certain things. And also a, a, a group that may be heavy power influencers mm-hmm. from the left or the right. So uh, I, I think it's very very difficult these days. And what I would suggest is you take time to read on both sides mm-hmm. of these issues. And, and, and usually the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and there's other levels of fact checking in organizations, but also your local county mm-hmm. uh, elections office. As, as we talked about, there's multiple levels of government. Uh, the ones that are responsible for running elections mm-hmm. are the counties, at least in the state of Pennsylvania. There's 67 counties. Each of them have a department of elections. And that elections department um, makes decisions based upon the uh, rulings of the election board. So the election board consists of the three commissioners uh, in the county, and and that is what governs and runs 
all elections throughout the state of Pennsylvania from the county's perspective. So we have an elections director here in Dauphin County. It's a guy named Jerry Fieser. And uh, we have beefed up significantly the level of investment into the elections process mm -hmm. this year. And we talked about, as we first started out, all the changes that are going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a organization in CCAP, we have talked about not doing the changes that were being pushed by the governor mm -hmm. uh, during this presidential election. We believe that making changes on machines, making changes to the process, being under scrutiny of the Department of Justice for handicap accessibility should all wait until after a presidential election. Mm -hmm. We had Fun. machines in Dauphin County that you couldn't break into if you were in the middle of Red Square. They were not hooked up to the internet. There was no way to be able to access them and they were 100% accurate. And there was no mm -hmm. issues of fraud. As a matter of fact, based upon my discussion with 67 election directors across the Commonwealth, I was hard pressed to find one real issue of fraud that was making a determination we needed to move in a whole different direction. Right. So for us, it's adding to the confusion of this election. So now in 67 counties, the state, the Department of State has mandated that we all are required to have new machines that are certified by the state. Mm -hmm. So okay. not only have we had to go undergo those additional expenses, but now voters have to undergo a completely new experience for them to come at the polls. And for me, while they want, they provided a paper trail for someone to have an audit trail, which was the main purpose of trying to transition these machines. Also, some of the technology that existed, which I don't think affected Pennsylvania machines. But um, the idea of us going back from a uh, a machine that we used to press buttons that were electronic right. to putting circles on a piece of paper right. to me mm -hmm. seemed like a step backward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're going backwards. Yeah. Like you know, it's the days of Steelton where they used to give you a, a, a coin and a, a beer token, but you had to come out with a blank ballot. <laughs> right. And obviously things have changed, mm -hmm. um, and there's not that kind of fraud that's being able to occur because of the level of change that were made the machine, but we've taken a step backwards. Add to that um, a pandemic, which has stopped us from being able to have the level of volunteers. The mm -hmm. people who volunteer for elections uh, and serve as the judges of elections, the uh, individuals who are minority and majority inspectors of elections are usually senior citizens. Mm -hmm. uh, based upon this pandemic, they've got a real fear of being in close proximity, and for good reason. They're at high risk. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those seniors have said to the Elections Bureau, we are not volunteering anymore. So we have had the challenge to go out and recruit an entirely new volunteer group, which also is not trained on new machines. Right. You know, again, they have limited training. They're not the folks who've been here for the last 40 elections in many cases. Some of these folks, are, this may be their first election they're right. working. So again, I like experience, the ability yeah. to have Absolutely. the same folks at the election. Um, that, then add on to top of that, uh, the Department of Justice has just come out uh, particularly in Dauphin County and counties across the state of Pennsylvania to require us to make every uh, polling place handicap accessible. So um, that okay. we have so. had to change out of our 162 polling places. We have 162 polling places and precincts in Dauphin County. We've had to change uh, at least 50 of those to be able to, um, to meet both the requirements. And in the pandemic, there are several locations like senior facilities, um, you know, that, that daycare facilities, they, they don't want anybody around mm -hmm. because of the threat of COVID. Right. So that has cho charged us with changing a number of mm -hmm. additional polling locations. So the place that you went to, here, here's the facts, and hopefully this is why we're here today. The place that you used to vote at may not be the place that you currently vote at. Right. So make sure, uh, as you're hearing this te telecast, you, you would contact the Dolphin County Elections Bureau and ensure that your polling 
place has not changed. There's right. a comprehensive listing on DolphinCounty.org and mm-hmm. our ability to show where all of the election polling places are. Um, that's one way to ensure that you know where you're going to be voting at. We've also sent out new voter registration cards to everybody where their polling places have changed. We want to make sure you know where your polling place is. So it's critically important to ensure that if you went, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to think here, I don't believe has changed in the first word. It still remains at the firehouse, but um, the um, uh, the ninth ward in Bressler, which is largely a by where Dolphin Highlands is. Yep. Mm-hmm. It used to be at United Church of God out here, right, right, right. right on, um, what is it, uh, Chambers Hill Road? Chambers Hill, yeah. Uh. That has changed now to Dolphin Highlands Golf Course. Oh. Uh, so there's been multiple changes that happened right here in Swidara Township that you need to know uh, that, quite frankly, you know, you need to know where you're going. So that right. that's one of those changes. The second thing is the process of the mail-in ballots. The State Department and the request a mail-in ballot is something that um, you have to take the initiative to do or to contact the Elections Bureau, Dolphin County Elections Bureau, yep. to be able to request a mail-in ballot. What confuses this, and it's very simple, uh, you know, all you have to do is request a ballot, they will then send you the application. Mm-hmm. You need to fill out the application and then receive your ballot. Once the ballots are received, by the way, ballots will be going out in Dolphin County this Friday. So um, I, I, I think we're uh, that is October 2nd. October 2nd, yep. So they will be mailed out starting October 2nd. There were a couple of court cases that would were removing folks from the ballot, mm-hmm. so we couldn't send out an official ballot until those things were finally approved. But they will be going out this Friday and continue to go out up until um, two weeks prior to the election. So y'all hear that, right? Because, like you said, when we recorded this right now, because this will drop, now it's Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So the second will already pass. But like you're hearing George talk about, like this is awesome, crucial information that you guys definitely, if you know, you get the chance, listen back for sure. Make sure you're paying attention to where you, like you said, where you vote. And pay attention to some of those deadlines. My father just wanted to just throw that in there. That way, nobody, nobody listening is confused. That's right. So, so um, uh, the the second of October is when the mail-in ballots will be going out, and then you'll have. Um, you know, some time to be able to return them. But the, my advice is return them immediately. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court recently has ruled that we can be able to accept ballots that were uh, returned in the appropriate time period prior to the election uh, at up to three days after the election. Right. So even if it does arrive late, it may count. But why would you mess with this? We've yeah. seen all of the national stories about the post office. I know there's a fight by our attorney general right now to be able to uh, address those concerns mm-hmm. and attorney general's throughout the country, um, you know, <laughs> the idea of slowing up mail-in ballots, I never thought I'd see in my yeah. lifetime. I never thought right. I'd question the ideas about the post office, mm-hmm. um, but it's been clear that th- that has been a potential distraction as it relates to the processing of mail to get them in on time. In Pennsylvania, one way to ensure that your ballot is mailed in on time is when you get it, turn it around. Make sure you you, you do what's appropriate. Make sure you Fill out the uh, f- fill out your um, um, your form your your mail in form. Put it in an envelope. Make sure it's signed appropriately, and then put another envelope around it to <laughs> ensure that it's going to be mailed in appropriately and does count. Again, a lot of these things trick you up. Uh, you want to ensure that you're doing everything as you're instructed through the mail-in b- mm-hmm. ballot process. It's not that difficult. There are a number of locations, and all you'd have to do would be Google in Pennsylvania to the Department of State, how do I process my mail-in ballot appropriately? 
take some time as you receive your mail-in ballot to look at the appropriate level of processing. It's not hard, it's not detailed, but you don't want to miss the actual signature that's required, the ability for you to be able to enclose it in the initial envelope and then mail it in the envelope that's provided. All those things are critical to ensure that your vote counts if you mail it. Absolutely. Right, let me uh, just to kind of get away uh, from the statistics side, because, you know, like I said, how I was in the last election, how, you know, I was kind of more like nonchalant, whatever. Uh, you know, again, there are people out there that I know that were had the same thoughts on the election as me. So uh, let me ask you these two quick questions. Uh, one, what some advice like you have for people that are first time voters or I guess or even first time like serious voters, I guess, like myself, uh, what's some advice you could give people? And the second one is, uh, you know, you're talking about like the challenges of how everything's kind of changing up a little bit, you know. Can you kind of talk about like how difficult it can get when you're when you try to like encourage people to vote, but also staying neutral that way, like you don't sway them one way or this way, but you know, just to be able to let them know, hey, you got this power, be able to use it. You just talk about that. Well, obviously, uh, voting is uh, a right that, yeah. as I talked about, that is so critically important. But there's also a, an importance of you being able to ensure your vote is cast. Mm. And, uh, you know, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of your beliefs, you know, what makes America a great place, what makes Stilton a great place, what makes this country, obviously what it is is the ability to have differing opinions and being able to uh, ensure that uh, when you cast your vote, you also cast your position and your opinion. Mm. And regardless of whether it's far left, far right, in the center, or, or anywhere uh, in a variation of that, or, or with a, you know, a third-party candidate, you are allowing your voice to be a part of uh, what is actually going to end up governing the, the the country and 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 or your local community. So um, I, I think you're referencing, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what your background mm -hmm. is, regardless of how passionate you are about your views, uh, those things are, are are only going to be about talk in a in the shed or or talk in the barbershop or talk uh, you know in the bar room uh, mm -hmm. if you don't exercise your right to vote. And and um, so in this election, we've already seen a record level of a turnout. Uh, we've seen uh, 45,000 mail-in ballots to date, or 45,000 applications to date. We don't know how many of those are going to be returned, but we expect that number to be even higher, which right. is, uh, it, it's incredible the amount of voters that have actually voted. We could have potentially up to 50% of the vote come in through mail-in. Um, which is historic. And, and that mail-in process to be able to verify, to count, to ensure that there's no duplications of votes, and to certify those ballots are a process that don't, don't happen like they do on the machines. We've got to open each one of those ballots by mm -hmm. hand. They need to certify that they haven't voted at any other part of the system. And then they need to accurately account for and ensure that um, those votes actually are counted. So that process is a very uh, intent, labor-intensive process that's right. going to require a, a great deal of planning, mm -hmm. individual volunteers, and um, we suspect that with the number of votes that we've seen here in Dolphin County and we've seen throughout the state that are coming in and mail-in, uh, it's a great option for you, particularly through the pandemic, but the election results won't be t told to you on election night. We're used to seeing, mm -hmm. following the CNN polls and watching 27 and 21 News. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, while they may be predicting what the machine totals are, uh, we've already seen a huge increase in mail-in votes. And we've seen, quite frankly, if you want to talk sort of a breakdown, we've seen almost a uh, two and a half to one uh, 
uh, registration margin for Democrats voting in a mail-in side, where we expect, and you've heard this from the Trump campaign and, and from the Republican side, that the majority of Republicans are not trusting the mail-in process and they're, they're, they're coming out to vote in person. So again, it's no indication of how the election's going to go, but we've seen you know, a much higher rate of mail-in uh, being done through the Democratic side and we're expecting mm -hmm. a larger turnout uh, from the Republican side. So on the election night, I would expect to see Republicans doing very well. Um, and then based upon the number of, of mail-in ballots, obviously that's going to even out related to what, what that count is. But we will not know, and this is certain, this is one thing you can take to the bank, we will not know on election night who our president is. That's kind of crazy. I mean, that's what, probably one of the, probably the first time in history. It, it, well, there, there's been uh, times that have been aside, if you remember the Al Gore election. Yeah, that, that's that, true. But that actually went down, and believe it or not, in the last two elections, um, uh, cycles, I believe that it wasn't the popular vote that had actually determined the right, outcome. Right, it was the Electoral College. Electoral College. So, um, you know, it, it, the idea of the length of time. So, so not only do we have new processes, mm -hmm. not only do we have a new mail-in process to count, not only do we have a, a new machines to count, but we will have the entire weight of the country and world probably focusing in on Pennsylvania and taking a look at what's happening right here in Dauphin County. So when you say your vote doesn't count, um, it, it does count, and, and yeah. as close mm -hmm. as these margins are, and as close as these races are, right in the hometown and home area in which we live is is probably going to have the single largest impact, and it's going to be the the focal point of of the national elector. That's why we've seen Donald Trump here in Harrisburg uh, just um, a couple uh, days ago, a couple days ago, and we've seen Biden in Harrisburg about a week and a half ago, and I think we're going to see these presidential candidates uh, almost on a biweekly or weekly basis coming through Harrisburg and Central Pennsylvania because this is. Is the the swing state in in one of the key battleground areas in a purple county so so again uh, it's time uh, you know if you haven't been uh, excited or you don't think your vote matters uh, this is a historic election and, and one that you're going to want to be fully engaged in because uh, the outcome is going to be determined by those voters that are here that's yeah. that's the craziest thing is people don't realize that yeah. I mean and it, it's kind of cool that it's here like it's right here in Harrisburg that pretty much it's a big impact on what's going to happen. I mean, obviously we have a whole country that's going to decide, but it's fascinating to know that it's, it's here. Like we, it's really here. So on that, um, when is it, or what, just some facts for the, for the folks. Um, when is it, when is the deadline to vote? When's the, when's the deadline to register? So October 19th would be your deadline to register to vote. Um, you need to make sure that you, uh, request in an application to be able to to uh, register to vote. You can do it either through the Department of State, you can do it through the Dolphin County Elections Bureau, or you can do it at PennDOT when you go ahead and renew your driver's license. Yep, I did all, that. All three are mm -hmm. options for you, but that needs to be done if you want to participate in this general election this presidential year by October 19th. Okay, yeah. okay. How about absentees and like all that? Or so the last day to be able to request a mail-in ballot would be on the 27th of October. Okay. So remember, the election would be right around the corner. Um, you'd want to do and request your mail-in ballot as soon as you possibly mm, can. Right. Again, you don't want it to, to not count. Uh, we talked about issues with the mail, yeah. trying to get to it as early as possible. Don't procrastinate, but your, your dead, drop dead date is, is the 27th of October. Uh, and again, those ballots will be then accepted as long as they are postmarked by election day uh, up until three days 
uh, following the election. There's been, a, again, a, a Supreme Court ruling that allows us, uh, based upon some of these issues, to actually accept the votes. Because normally, if they're not in the elections office by 8 p.m. on election night, mm -hmm. they are not counted. Right. Uh, we have three days to be able to count those uh, mail-in votes uh, following the election, which, again, will delay those election results. Right, right. Okay, okay. So, any advice? I mean, again, this is going to be a neutral, more so answer, but... Of anything that we've talked about today, like what is the most important part of this election? You can't bitch unless you get involved. You really can't complain unless you vote. And the idea of voting is a fundamental right and the foundation of our democracy. To participate in that, you have all the power. If you think your vote doesn't matter, you're wrong. Many votes have been decided, many elections have been decided by less than one vote. And to be able to ensure that your opinion and your view is heard in this representative democracy, you need to get out there to vote. Damn. That's good stuff. Yes, it is. That's good stuff. Damn right. Yeah. Thank you so, for, yeah, for stopping you. in thank today. You. No, Seriously. Yeah, definitely for sure. Because this, <laughs> this is definitely something, you know, like we talked about, uh, especially with the younger generation, uh, a, lot, a lot of people being their first time voting, uh, their first time seriously voting. Maybe they were misinformed. Like this is something that can definitely be used for great knowledge, uh, and they can use in the future as well to not only help themselves but be able to tell somebody else, be able to say, "Hey, you know, make sure you're registered to vote by this date." Yo, did you do this? Uh, so you know, make sure you're out there pushing your friends. You know, make sure they use this great power. You know, like Spider Man said or Uncle Ben said, with great power come great responsibility. So you know, that is our responsibility. You know, as George was saying, do be able to go out there and use our power to vote. You know, so many people have fought for it, fought, clawed, scratched, died, they locked up, they did it all just so all of us in this room, everybody listening can be able to have that opportunity to make a difference, to make a change. So, you know, don't let that go by the wayside, you know, especially to you're somebody out there like me where you might let it slide by the wayside the first time, might not take it that seriously. You know, this is your chance at redemption. Make sure, you know, you're able to bounce back from that. So again, you know, we want to say thank you, George. Yeah. You know, for the for this knowledge, for this information, greatly appreciate it. Uh, got anything last you want to say for people before we hop into the final shed thought? Yeah, just appreciate being invited to the shed. You're it's always great, welcome. Great, here. great to talk to <laughs> two young guys who are trying to inform the community about uh, important topics. Mm -hmm. I know you you've been uh, a lot about you know trying to bring some level of entertainment value mm -hmm. and knowledge, but. Uh, Trying to talk about a serious topic, hopefully we'll take the shed to a new level uh, mm -hmm. as a source of, of, of good information. And, um, you know, for me, it was time well spent being able to see both mm. uh, deer horns, uh, <laughs> be, being able to chill in, in, in Bresser, Pennsylvania, uh, and, and being able to be with uh, two engaged individuals, hopefully, that are going to be able to talk to another generation about the importance of voting. And also, it, it has been the younger generation mm. that has defined, you know, sort of how national elections have gone so uh couldn't be on a more important topic and couldn't be with a, a greater set of guys we appreciate you stopping by appreciate of course it, thank you it. thank you so so and now with that said the part you guys wait for the funnest part the best part the final shed thought final shed thought will be brought to you by yours truly this week and so basically with every kind of you know to bring all together everything that george had talked about we sat here and talked about with them uh, my final chef thought for y'all this week is don't talk about it, be about it. Because like George said, you can't bitch and complain if you're not out there trying to actively change something that's wrong. You know, if you want to be that person that 
makes the change in your community, that makes the change in that young person's life. Like how George was talking about how he was able to reform the correction system so that way young men and women can be able to have a better opportunity to get them on a straight path. If you want to be able to just go help people, man, or you want to be a part of history, because that's all we're talking about, how historical this election is. You know, you heard George say how many mail-in ballots are coming in, how one vote can make a difference. And it's, you know, use that power and just don't talk about it. Go be about it. Go do it. That's what I got for y'all. Love that. It's a great point. Love. Boom. On that, we like you. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, f- whoa, whoa. The fuck? See, the fuck? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you. Anyways, before we get out of here, we got two, we got two things to address. Boom. So Tried to take it from him, but terrible. can never do that. That's his line. All right. Boom. And then before we get out of here, George, can you tell people where to find you? Where they can keep up with what you're doing. You know, they can see how you're changing the community, how you're being a difference in the world. Yeah, uh, you can get me uh, through um, the ability to communicate with me at DolphinCounty.org. Um, you can communicate, uh, and there's a direct link to me on the website. I have a Twitter handle at GHartwick3, and uh, I obviously have a... Um, uh, I can't deal with this thing. I, I obviously <laughs> have a, a, a Facebook uh, site as well, so uh, either you can DM me, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, or um, you can uh, email me directly through the county. Y'all heard Excellent. it. Y'all heard it. He's definitely the first guest that we probably heard say he's official on a local website. So make sure to use that. Especially y'all have uh, any further. I know you probably wouldn't mind if somebody reached out to you. I had a couple questions for you. You know. Well, look, I'm I'm here to serve the citizens of the community. So I get concerns every day and night. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also some some folks don't understand. Uh, I do every one of the jobs I've already been a part of and worked. I always hear my dad, and I don't know if this is appropriate to say at this time, but um, he said if the damn Lehigh engineers would have listened to the steel workers, mm-hmm. maybe they would have been able to turn a profit at the steel mill. So <laughs> I, I have actually set out, and, and even this week, I'm working with our protective service unit this week of our aging department. So right. uh, I get calls for people who are in mental health crisis, people who are suffering with drug and alcohol issues. You know, and one quick message if I can leave you with. Uh, and this is serious to me, and this is actually probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, the, the the communication and conversation from the shed for the day. Um, my dad told me when I was growing up that somehow, uh, if you asked for help, you were somehow weak. You you were less than a man, and um, the idea of uh, you know carrying that burden on my shoulders, I realized as I get older, that's probably some of the worst advice. Well, my dad's a great guy. It's probably the worst advice I could have ever gotten because. Uh, you know, some of us who are struggling with drug and alcohol issues, mental health mm-hmm. issues. I've lost four friends in the last year and a half of suicide. And in two of their suicide notes, they said, George, you can explain this. You, you know me. Uh, I know that um, if somebody does struggle with a mental health or drug and alcohol issue, that it's okay not to be okay. We have all struggled through issues, and, and we have family members. Uh, we've all been through significant issues. So, number one, first of all, drop the stigma yep. of trying to have somebody shunned or feel embarrassed or less than because they're coming forth and they have the strength and courage to ask for help. That's number one. Mm-hmm. We all need to be able to do that. Number two, if somebody does come to you to ask you for help, we have an obligation to make sure that they get access and directly to the person that can help them, whether it's Dolphin County Drug and Alcohol Service Provider 
providers, a mental health mm -hmm. provider. Uh, the world's better with you in it. And the biggest strength and the biggest, the strongest people I know are the ones that have been able to humble themselves and ask for help. So today, if, if you need any kind of help, please make sure you ask. And uh, we want to support you. We want we, we, we want to see the world with you in it. Absolutely. I say the same thing. I mean, I, I, I struggle myself, so I get it. So you can always reach Girl, out to us as well. Time. So, yes, sir, I was actually good. That was yeah, awesome. Look at that, y'all got two shed thoughts. <laughs> I don't mean to make a stretch. So nah, obviously, no, 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 no. That's good. Nah, that's definitely something. But we if can we can save with. a life, yeah, yeah, yeah somebody yes, struggling sir. with health. Life is way yes, more sir. important with everybody in it. Yes, sir. So, where can they find you, actually? Sir, no, uh, where you, you want me to go? Yes. All right, all right. Well, this guy, man, tell <laughs> So you can find me across the board at Tony Shed Talk. You can obviously find our Facebook our Facebook page as well, uh, Shed Talk Podcast. Find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Find us on YouTube. You know where to find us. How about you? Find me, Nate Monroe, full five on Instagram. You can find me at N underscore Monroe26 on Twitter. And, uh, of course, twitch.tv slash Monroe26. I bring high quality and damn gaming. Uh, use that free. Uh, <laughs> gang yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Use that, use that free gaming. Twitch Prime <laughs> sub on your boy. Shit, mm -hmm. you never know. Might be able to help out with the podcast, too. But, got point. as always, again, we appreciate George. Shout out to homie Neil. Shout out to everybody listening. We like you. We love you. You love us. We like you. As George said, man, don't be afraid to ask for help because the world is a better place with you in it. And until we shed again.